Welcome to Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose, where we pull back the curtain on running a financial advisory business focused on providing intentional advice to couples and families. I'm Dennis Morton. And I'm Katie Brown. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Hi, and welcome back to the Simply Why podcast. I'm Dennis Morton here with Katie Brown. Katie, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing very well. How are you, Dennis? You can't tell, but we're standing up right now. We're using our standing desks. We're <laughs> going to change the energy and not sit down for this podcast. So if you feel a little bit of something extra here, it's because we're vertical. <laughs> Win for everyone. And I'll tell you what, for anyone that doesn't have a standing desk and you sit all day, highly recommend getting one, even if it's like the tabletop ones that that you use, because just the ability to, to stand up on occasion and it just, it refreshes you, your energy. It's a great thing for uh, for our physical conditioning, for just our, our movement to be standing up. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about coaching and talk about the advisor role and the parallels to coaching and the skill sets. And this was something that I was writing a newsletter and it's fed by this anecdote. And we're, we're coming back to school, right? So all of the all of the influences in our kids' lives are showing up again. So Katie, your husband, Deke, is a high school teacher. So this is his time to begin again, exerting influence in a positive way on young minds. And our kids are back to sports, so they're with coaches. We had an experience recently where my, my 10-year-old, Josie, decided she wanted to quit soccer. And she said she was going to play last year. And somewhere over the summer, she said, I'm not playing anymore, and was adamant about it. Couldn't even bring up the subject. So unfortunately, there's a little bit of sunk cost involved. So we'd already paid the registration and bought the uniforms and done all the things. And also, I think she needed the team environment. It's just something after 18 years of parenthood, I kind of get what this kid might need. And I think she'd be short-sighted to leave the team sport environment. So I called up the coach and said, she wants to quit, but can we meet before the first practice just 10 minutes prior and have her tell you that she's quitting? And maybe you can convince her to do otherwise. And he agreed. So I brought Josie to the first practice. And I was expecting the coach to tell her all the things they were going to do. We're going to kick balls. We're going to run around a field. We're going to have fun. We're going to win games. But that's not what he talked about. He looked her in the eye and he said, Josie, you're a leader. I saw, and he gave specific instances, where you influence people positively on the field and on the sidelines. And we need a leader on this team. We need you to be who you are on this team this year. And he spent about five minutes talking to her and her body language changed. Her shoulders went back. Her chin went up. She started glancing at kids running onto the field behind her and smiling. And the impact was immediate and meaningful. And when he asked her, will you be on the team this year? She said, of course. And I thought, this is incredible coaching because he didn't focus on what was to be done or the work or the the play or anything else. He focused on who she is and who she wants to be. So that got me thinking about our role as advisors and how often we talk about what we do, the nuts and bolts, the facts and figures, and how much more impactful it can be to talk about who the person sitting across from us is and who they want to be. That is one of my favorite stories, Dennis. It's, it's one of my favorite stories because I think so many of us share similar experiences or have witnessed similar experiences where that outside caring voice just makes such an impact and influences 
people to a great degree where they can take an action maybe that they were uncertain about taking before. Just that little spark of confidence that it brought about in Josie to get up and be like, I am a leader. I can do this. It is so impactful. And I think coaches uniquely have that ability. And I am so grateful to all the coaches, not only in my life, but in my kids' lives for that as well. And we tell them all the time, you're going to work with all different types of people, but there's always something positive that you can glean from the experience. And and some of them are just such a light in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, And I do think that we occasionally have those opportunities as advisors to help shift that mindset, the framework to not focus on the nuts and the bolts, but to focus on what does this mean for you, the couple or the individual sitting across the table, because it's the work that we do is so much more personal than the numbers that show up on the paper. Yes. It's a crazy thought. And you you and I, we both have high schoolers now and it's, really interesting to think as I was reflecting on my own coaching experience, I was like, when, when have I had coaches? I had to flash back to high school era, really mm-hmm. from the time I was kindergarten and playing soccer for the first time, all the way up through high school, there was always a coach in one form or another. After that though, that role vanished from my life. Mm-hmm. There are mentors obviously, but it's a different relationship when you're an employee or a boss or, or anything else. But just that person who is your coach, who says, I see who you are, who you're trying to be, and this is how you fit into this organism that we have as a team or or how how we're trying to accomplish a larger goal. And I think sometimes it would be such an important role to have in your life later on. And that's where, as financial advisors, there's an opportunity there to think of ourselves more as, let's walk in and be those people who say, we're going to have a mastery of the facts and figures. And then we're going to focus on who you are and who you're trying to be and describe that in real detail. We know this to be true about you. And this is how becoming that version of yourself that you want to be, this is how that can happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's mainstream in our industry yet. No. And and I think one of our, I'm, I'm going to put a little extension on that too, I think one of our goals at Morton Brown is to speak out loudly about that and and hopefully help to elevate the expectation that clients should expect that of their advisors, that we should be walking in with a mastery of the nuts and bolts, the numbers, you need the credentials, you need all that stuff. But really the focus of a, a true relationship, advisory relationship going forward has to be about more than that. It has to be about, as you said, really learning who who the people are sitting across the table and learning where they want to go, what they want to become, and how we can support them and how their resources can support them in the process. You know, if we could wave a wand, I would want all advisors to have that acute of a focus on the families. I know. We're going to talk a lot in this podcast about the chasm between what advisors do and their client expectations, because I think a lot of times they're just, they're not as closely aligned as they should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and we see that when, when statements come across our desk, we can see like, there's just not alignment here. Yeah. I don't need to go on that tangent for today. No, no, no that, that's a different podcast. That's a Simply Why We're Griping podcast. We're, we're gonna have it. It's, it's going to be. Oh, shoot. I brought the gripes. My bad. 
<laughs> That's going to be the bitter antidote to our optimism. <laughs> Coming soon. Uh, but it, it came up recently in a prospective client conversation, just that, that light bulb. And, and this was completely inadvertent, as with so many things. It only makes sense in hindsight. But shortly after that conversation with my daughter and her coach, I was sitting with a prospective client and she was asking some very insightful questions about the work that we do and had some bad experiences with an advisor and just what are the things that we're going to do that are, that are different. And somewhere toward the tail end of the conversation, I made a comment and I said, I can see that you're someone who has good habits. And I can see that you're someone who has a good mindset, kind of the preconditions for successful retirement planning. You have to have a good mindset. You have to have good habits. Otherwise, there's a lot of work to be done. And I can envision with kind of impending transitions, career, job, home, whatever it might be. I can imagine you on the other side of that as someone who has confidence and peace of mind executing on their plan. You are someone who will be blank and had some language around it. And that was what really resonated. And you could see the light go off. I understood what was the impactful thing for me to say as the advisor. And she understood what we were trying to deliver, which was that, that better future version of this person. I think it's the highest and best aspiration of any advisory relationship or any coaching relationship is that I'm going to help you become the best soccer player that you can be. Are you going to be Lionel Messi? Probably not, but are you going to be proud of the, of the process of becoming and at peace with the result? I think that's the key. I love how you bring it down to the process of becoming mm -hmm. because it is a process. It's a constant evolution in building financial confidence in, in becoming that successful X, retiree, whatever it is that, that you want to do, it, it is not an arrival. And I think too often when plans are done, when things are done, it's all right, here's the plan, here are the numbers, here's when you hit that, that particular point and you've reached your goal. And that is not the case. It's the journey along the way and it's the advising and coaching along the way to check in on, are we still going in the right direction? Are you still growing and becoming your best self? Mm -hmm. There's a lot that's been written about the experience of athletes when they win a championship or they reach the pinnacle. And I think that that says a lot for, for retirees. If I tell you that if you reach X number of dollars saved, you're going to be fine. You know how you're going to feel when you reach X number of dollars? Eh, okay. What next? Yep. What's, what's next? It happens all the time. There, there's a term for it. I think it's like the Super Bowl letdown or they, they win the championship. You've been working your entire life here. And it's like, I'm the same person. Mm -hmm. take, take a team that just won the Super Bowl last year. Well, that coach has to show up in training camp the next year and say, there's still something to be done. Mm -hmm. We've reached that pinnacle. What is the meaning and purpose behind working just as hard right now, even though you've reached the top of the mountain? Michael Phelps uh, famously talked about that. You know, here's, here's the most, arguably one of the most successful athletes who's ever lived. And he hit a real low point after his Olympic triumphs because now what? He talked about therapy and everything else, but a coach can do something similar where you, you kind of redefine success in a way that focuses on, on the process, that process of, of becoming. Um, but by the way, you know my connection to Michael Phelps, right? Yes. 
Michael Phelps's mom was my home economics teacher. That's right. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's so right. we're, we're close. He and I. When he was you know, winning his first gold medals, they, they showed Mrs. Phelps in the stands. I don't know if it was Beijing or I don't know where it was, but we're watching the Olympics. I'm like, and all of a sudden, my social media feed's like lighting up with middle school friends saying, there's Mrs. Phelps. I'm like, how do we know? Like, oh, that Mrs. Phelps, the one who taught me how to bake cookies in home <laughs> economics. So anyway, that, that's, that's an aside. We'll, 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 do, we'll do another episode on, on famous connections that we have. But anyway, re- redefining success as a process. There's so many parallels to financial planning for that. Yes. Yes. And it's something that we benefit from as well. We've often talked about, we have a business coach. We have somebody that helps guide us and and helps us to zoom out when we get too in the weeds with what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. That coaching relationship is not only something that we enjoy having the privilege of with our clients, but we really rely on in our in our worlds as well. So we can relate. Thinking back over your life, career, sports, all those things, is there a coaching moment that stands out to you? Whether it's redefining success or really seeing you for who you were, is there a moment that jumps out to you? I don't know if I have a specific moment, but I mean, I do have a, I'm going to call it a favorite coach. Oh, great. Karen Page. So Karen was my tennis coach in high school, all four years of high school. And then also outside of the the high school realm a little bit more. And she was just still one of the most energetic people I have ever met, one of the most positive people I have ever met. And at the end of every season, she would write a personalized letter to every single player and I have all four of those framed. Oh, wow. And it would talk about not only things doing on the court, but off of the court, the enjoyment in watching us grow and develop as human beings. I'm not an overly sentimental person. I think I've boiled down my uh, pre-marriage life to about two totes um, inside of our attic. And, <laughs> and I still have those four letters. Yeah, definitely has made an impact on my life. That's great. It's kind of... Uh adjacent to a coaching relationship, but I remember a moment in high school. And, and again, it's it's interesting that we both go back to high school. Like we said, those people sometimes are not in our lives. Those observers, right? Coaches are great observers. And that's that's where I think advisors can be can be great observers too. But I remember in my sophomore year of high school, I, I played soccer, basketball, and baseball, at least to start out in high school. And I got sick in my freshman year, didn't play basketball, but I was committed to come back and play soccer, basketball, and baseball in my sophomore year. And as the soccer season ended and the winter was beginning, I was a ball of stress. My grades were suffering and just, I wasn't feeling it. And I remember my chemistry teacher pulling me aside, Mr. Matze at Calvert Hall, pulling me aside and saying, what's going on? What's up in your life? And I, and I talked about the stress of getting ready for basketball season and going from one to another and and everything else. And in whatever language he chose, he said, do you see yourself as a three sport athlete? And is that a good thing? Have you ever considered maybe taking a break? And he was really one of the first people to suggest doing less. And I appreciated that. And I didn't play basketball that year. I gave myself a break. And ever since then, whenever that, feeling creeps in, I can check in on myself, say, wait a minute, your tendency is to pull more onto your plate. Maybe do less. Planting that seed early on has been an effective tool throughout life and career. 
that's a really good example because it isn't about do more, do better. Yeah. Yeah. It is about self-reflection and, and what is it that you need personally? Yep. Yep. And that comes back to, so there's process and there's also managing expectations mm -hmm. because I think sometimes clients coming in to work with us might expect us to say, we're going to help you make the most money. Nope. That's not my job. Nope. Not my job. <laughs> we, did the, we did the disagreement podcast before. We're, we're aligned on this. Not, not what we're going to do. Finding peace with what you have, stacking the deck in your favor, controlling what you can control. Those are all things that we're going to do. You, you, you live in the environment. It's like a, it's like a football coach standing out there on a snowy day and talking to the quarterback. And, and if the quarterback said, I don't want to play in the snow, the coach says, you have to play in this environment. You can't control that. This is the environment you've been given. And we're going to do our best today because it's the environment that everyone's working in. And managing expectations is so important. Yes. Thank you for saying this is the environment everyone's working in. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think sometimes people feel like they are in it alone. There are outside market influences and other things that it, it can be a lonely place. I often have that conversation with my kids too. When, if they, going back to sports, they complain about the referee, they complain about the, the field, the weather, the whatever. I'm like, okay, but you guys are all out there experiencing the same thing. So we need to put that aside and focus on what you can control and how to make the best of it. It's funny, you bring up an interesting point because when two different people walk through the door looking for financial advice, the odds of them having the same circumstances is next to nil. Mm -hmm. There's always variables that are super unique to them. So we can't say I've seen you before. What we can say is I've seen that emotion before. Mm -hmm. I've seen that fear before. There are a lot of commonalities. There's probably, I don't know how many there are. There's probably five, seven, 10 different emotions that we see all the time. Mm -hmm. And we've helped people navigate through that before. And here's how it works for you. So it's very much that arm's length coaching role to say, we've seen this, we're going to get through it and the environment's going to change, but you're going to have to change along with it. There's that change, change management again. Mm -hmm. I love our job. <laughs> I love my job. I, I love that we get to do this. I love that we get to be part of the conversation. The things that are related to money are often very vulnerable topics. Mm. And so to be a, a witness and a sounding board to those is a huge privilege with the, the families that we work with. And I, and I think the ones that embrace and are willing to open up a little bit of, about what it is that they're struggling with and, and get to that ultimate purpose that their money is serving, those are our best relationships. Those are our clients where we have an opportunity to make an impact, but they also in, enjoy the process along the way. Yes. And you said this recently, and I think it's true of both of us. The irony is that we didn't even think this was the job in our first few years in the business. Did we? No, not at all. I was very happy to not be a lead advisor for a number of years and really kind of focus on the operations and focus on the number crunching of the business. It wasn't until I realized that it could be more than that and it could be much more relational mm -hmm. that it, it really became appealing to me to be part of that 
client relationship from day one, because that's from day one is where you, you learn the most. Yes. And that was a very exciting proposition. Yeah. Once with that light bulb kind of went off. Yeah. And I think the best advice draws from rich experience. And that's why we talk about what can we learn from coaching? What can we learn from music producers? What can we learn from other professions where you have to exert influence in the interest of creating, you know, a condition like confidence, mm -hmm. abundance, wealth, whatever you want to call it. And there's a lot to be learned from, from coaches. So if you have a favorite coach in your life, I would encourage you to think back at like, what are those nuggets of wisdom? Was it a letter that a coach wrote to you? Was it that teacher that pulled you aside? Was it, who are those influential people? Also to seek out those people. I think it should be an expectation that your advisor should be one of those people to help see who you are and help paint the vision for the future. But seek out those people in your life because it may have been a minute or two since, since you had that person around you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose. We hope you enjoyed getting to know us, how we approach leading a financial advisory practice, and the work we do every day to help families and couples make important financial decisions. Morton Brown Family Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This podcast is designed for educational and informational purposes and not intended as investment advice. More information can be found at www.mortonbrownfw.com. I do often feel like when I'm out running, it's when I get ideas on th about things or I like work through conversations or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and, and it is frustrating sometimes not to be able to like, capture all that. And then I'll, I'll finish up. I'm like, okay, what, what was that again? Like exactly like, what was that brilliant thought that I had? <laughs> <laughs> the thought I left on mile four. Yeah. <laughs>